This week on GameSpot After Dark, we're joined by Zombie Kills to talk about Little Nightmares 2, Persona 5 Strikers, and Saint Maud. We also go through the news topics, including Anthem Next being cancelled, as well as that mysterious Henry Cavill Mass Effect post. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of GameSpot After Dark. This week, I am your host, well, I'm Lucy James every week, but this week I'm your host, joined by Michael Heim. You're. Callie Plaguey. Hello. And special guest, Zombie Kills. Hello, welcome. So nice to have Hello. you. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, we have uh, we have a great big list of people who we want to get on the podcast and you have been on there and like brought up by so many different people. So I'm very glad yep. we finally got you on. Zombie's uh, a homegirl. That's kind. <laughs> so we, typically every time we get a guest on, we start with a little segment, um, which is basically kind of introducing you to our audience and talk about your background and what you what you kind of do and where people can find you. Um, it has a lovely little jingle, which we will now awkwardly sing to you. Y'all, y'all never taught me the song. I'm so, here for it. Um, it is it's it just is. it's just Mario, but <laughs> is it? I don't know. I don't listen to this podcast. Wow. <laughs> it's called the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. But so Callie and I will take it away. So Chris. That was probably the worst ever we've ever done it. Yeah. But luckily, I think the uh, community actually recorded one mm-hmm. and Jake um, edits it in. So you never hear us doing it anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <We> but just... <laughs> the guest has to hear. So we're very sorry. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> uh, so Zombie, uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself. What it kind of... What do you do in the game space? Uh, what are your favorite games? What do you love playing? And as a fun one at the end, if you were stuck on a desert island, what would you take with you? Um, hi, my name's Zombie Kills. I make big, fat, black, chaotic content on Twitch. That's kind of what I do. I have a really fun time playing games with people and approaching conversations that are difficult to navigate, maybe in regular situations, but are easier to navigate when you're distracted by dying in a video game. Uh, so I talk about things like prison reform, talk about stuff like Black Lives Matter. I talk about stuff like, you know, um, hunger in the United States and in other places or trying to get clean water for people. I really just kind of focus on a lot of different things that revolve around this theme that's underlying in my channel called Radical Kindness. And so I believe in curating and creating radical kind spaces in the game community. So that's kind of what I do. I uh, It's definitely a lot of C-plus gaming. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, definitely <laughs> A-plus entertainment. We have a good time, and I have a really dope community. And, uh, yeah, you should definitely swing by. I'm on Twitch, obviously. That's like I'm a Twitch partner. So, you know, Zombie Kills, Z-O-M-B-A-E-K-I-L-L-Z. And right now, I'm kind of stuck on Little Nightmares 2. I'm going to be playing it after this podcast for a charity stream. Uh, it's like my favorite game right now. I just... Like, I don't know. I didn't think I was going to like it. And I'm deep in that game. I just want to finish it. And it's probably the first game I finished since I had my oldest daughter, who's 12. So like, wow, wow. I'm, I mean, I'm a mom with I, I've got three kids. I'm homeschooling in a pandemic and I have wildly unchecked ADHD. So I don't finish very many games. And I'm a streamer. My community is very bebop all over the place. Uh, and I'm a variety oh. streamer. So, yeah, this is the first one where I, it's just like grab me and I just want to keep playing and keep playing till I beat it because I, I just want to see what's happening because 
I, I I never played the first one, so like mm-hmm. I'm in a whole different ballpark. Now I want to go back and play it. But and if I was on a desert island, I'd want a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Good like call. it's a multi tool, right? Like I feel like I need a multi tool, uh, and I'd like a volleyball. Like Tom that Hanks, tracks. yeah, that tracks. Yeah. yeah, I would need a volleyball. I need a friend of like of some sort, and if it's an inanimate object, might as well be a volleyball, I guess. Like I, I don't know. I, I mean. <laughs> probably comfortable to sleep on it could be used as a flotation device in a pinch i don't know there's a lot also of different a multi-tool. things yeah also yeah. A multi-tool who knew but yeah that's Damn. that's a little about me what uh what got you onto twitch um to be fair uh, uh Khalif adams who i know you all know who makes a podcast called spawn on me um had me on his show and we did a show called lesson in blackness that was mm-hmm. uh, centered with black creators and our response to current events and social justice events that were transpiring last summer during the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter um, movement. And um, I don't know, I felt so much camaraderie on Twitch and I felt like I was seeing uh, people in the audience that looked like me and wanted to hear people like me tell our stories and occupy the space. And I just slid over there and I've been there for nine months now and I feel like I kind of like it a lot and I'm kind of doing okay. So I have a good time. And, and now I can't imagine not being on Twitch. Yeah. Hell I'll yeah. Bet. I mean, I remember seeing you in that in that video. And I think that's the point where we were just like kind of ramping up getting guests on. And I was like, yeah, we need to we need to get somebody on at some point. I'm so sorry it's taken us all this time. But it's also been incredible to see how you've grown and like how your audience has grown. And I think one of the big questions for you is like, the internet is a notoriously shitty place. And I don't want to like dwell on this it, but you know like for women people of color the internet is a typically a pretty shitty place yeah and I think you do a really great job of like putting out there you know you talk and you ask the big questions and yet you're you're still presented with so much negativity and it's like I want to ask you like how do you cope with that and how do you, how are you still so strong in you know making sure the conversations are being had yet you still get all this kind of shit thrown your way Uh, I just, well, one, I try to remember, like, I try to stay rooted in who I am as a person. And I try not to let people on the internet tell me who I am. Um, That's a very hard thing to do sometimes, uh, especially when you receive like mass harassment or like hate campaigns. It definitely can be difficult. So uh, also therapy is lit. Like, hell (laughs) yeah, I I love therapy so (laughs) much. It's so lit. Um, And people don't talk about it enough. Yeah, they're the unsung (laughs) heroes of everyone but like therapy and medication are amazing as long as you're prescribed it and you take it as as prescribed um (laughs) but like i definitely i don't know i just i try to stay very much rooted in like self and rooted in being mindful and present in the moment harassment for me has been a part of my entire existence i am black i'm a woman and i'm plus size bruh people are gonna just say dumb stuff just to say dumb stuff if i let them tell me who I am every day of, of the week since I was born, I wouldn't have made it th- 37 years of my life. So I really do try to stay in that. And I also try to stay really grateful. I'm super grateful for things like being able to get to do stuff like this. Like how cool is this? Or being on a billboard in times square. I'm in times square right now on hey, a billboard. Yep. Like I just try to be so like, think about that. And I just sit in awe of like the opportunities that I have. And I focus on that instead of like, you know, people who send people after people and mercilessly harass people on the internet. And I also try to give them a little compassion when it's needed. Like some of these people are just sad and super lost. And like, 
they really have zero things going for them. And like, if you kind of frame it that way, it almost makes it like even more non-consequential to your existence. Mm -hmm. Damn. That's yeah. Constant awe of what you do. And uh, so glad we've got you on. Thank you. So let's talk about what we've been playing. Michael, I'm going to come to you first. What you been up to? Ah, shit. Yo, uh, I am. (laughs) I feel like every time I come on, I am all about my bullshit. You know what you're going to get from me. Uh, So mm, let's talk about Persona 5 Strikers first. I knew it. it. Listen, hey, review's hot. You know what I'm saying? That review actually uh, hit like two, three weeks ago because the embargo is like wild, like super early. Early, yeah. Yeah. Mm Um, but the game came out yesterday as far as this recording goes. But this uh, week. Wait, really quick, Michael. I, just, yo, I haven't finished the main Persona 5 stuff. I'm, I'm like, spoiling so all this I, shit right now. I, I just, I ha- I feel like I have to say it at this point because like if I get spoiled now after 100 hours, I'm going to like lose my shit. But go on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Morgana dies and uh, you, hate, you hate to see it. I'm just, I'm just playing. Am I playing with you? Shit, I don't know. That's for you to find out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but <laughs> Persona 5 Strikers is is dope. Like, I, I feel like the, the preview cycle's been pretty, they've been pretty loud about it, mm-hmm. as, as I have been to when I've previewed it and reviewed it. So y'all probably know what the deal is. It's a, an action RPG adaptation of Persona 5, continues the story, sort of a sequel, more of a spinoff, more like, a, I, I think of it as an anime movie, an ad, movie adaptation of your favorite anime. So mm-hmm. that that's... That's my oh, shit. Oh, like the Madoka Magica movie, which like basically retells the series, but also doesn't. <laughs> kind of. I, th- I feel it's it's more like a um, like a My Hero. What the what is it called? Oh, My Hero. Um, Whatever. Uh, the the movie one. Yeah. Of Academia. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a separate story, mm-hmm. but it has all the shit that you that you know and love from from the original. Uh, you can. I'm not. I wouldn't talk too much about it because your boys put out like two over two thousand words. Um, Edited by Kelly Plaguey, who's uh, joined us it. here. Yeah, you did it. We did it together. So you can peep the review. But man, I, I, li- I love that game a lot. I hope more people play it uh, or a lot of people play it because it's the, yo, the gameplay is fire, man. Like, holy shit. Because like you think of think of uh, Persona 5 as an action game. Like, yo, that sounds like a winning formula. But then to actually play it and see how they've incorporated a lot of the, the deep RPG mechanics it's like, oh, they, they put a lot of thought into it and it does come together really well. Like at first it's like, oh shit, this is like too much going on. And, but once you come to grips with it, it it's pretty hard at first, but then once you kind of figure out the system, how to, how to exploit the system a little bit more and you get a little bit more powerful, then it kind of opens up and man, I, like the story's all right. It, it's, so that, that's why I say it's more of like an, uh, a movie adaptation of anime because like the, the story isn't like gonna hit you in your feelings like too hard uh and this this game doesn't really either but it hits all the same notes that you that you know and love from the original so you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get those those things you remember from back in the day and then uh you see a little bit of growth within the characters so if that if if obviously like if you were into persona 5 you're probably into the cast and like to see them again be like yo we're like very sure of themselves i think that's so that's the thing i really like about persona 5 strikers is that all the characters now it's like yo we've been through a lot of shit now it's our turn to enjoy our lives. Um, and that was my attitude going into it. Cause like, I don't want to see them like go through heartbreak again and like relive their trauma. Like they don't have to do that because they already, they've done that. They've been through enough already. So let them enjoy life. And that's kind of what persona five strikers does. Like, yo, they get to go on vacation and then they get to kind of, I guess, save other people from the th- similar experiences. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> 
Is that Greg? That's Greg. Yo, I don't want. Yo, that, tell tell him to relax. You gotta tell Greg Zombe said to chill. Chill. I'll message him. Tell him, look, tell if, him, if I can't hear Bless say, right now, yeah. if I can't hear Bless, I don't need to be hearing Greg. Yeah. You, you tell Maybe he's yelling you at tell Greg, Z- uh, tell him, this is the, I did this. Zombe she says, pull up. cool it. Mm. Um, I, so I started playing Strikers yesterday because I, I chatted to Michael about it to figure yeah. out if I should get uh, PS4 or the Switch version. And uh, his buying advice was, if you want the frames, go mm. to PS4. Which So I got I got it on uh, playing on PS5. And I was very tired, so I only did like half an hour. But first of all, the Ryuji hate needs to stop. Put some respect on my boy's name. Poor lad. He's flunking out. He's He just wants his friends. He doesn't need to be shat on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Physically or spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he's into that. No king shame. Yeah, no king shaming here hey, listen, on listen. After Dark. Uh... <laughs> but... It's my first ever Musou game. And so mm. I, I only played it for like half an hour because, like I said, I was very tired. But when I was getting into the swing of it, I was like, oh, no, this is going to consume me. And then yeah. like, hearing the music and just hanging out with everyone again. And I was like, oh, God. The la- yeah. The last it's thing insane. I'll say about it is, yo, that soundtrack is flames, bro. Like, I'm not playing with you. Like, of course, like it's a, it's a Persona game. So, you know, the soundtrack's going to be fire. But it's different because it's it's Koei Tecmo's composers working with atlas and koei tecmo has a penchant for like metal and punk style music uh in their games and to put that spin on a lot of the persona songs we already know it's like yo i'm about to beat a motherfucker's ass right now like if i hear this song out in public someone someone's gonna get the ass beat like that that's how is showing so hard right now (laughs) it always is it's never not showing it's like so I've never been in this close proximity. And we're on the internet. Oh, my God. <laughs> With someone that's weaving out this hard over <laughs> over Persona and the soundtrack on top of it. This wild. Yo, this wild to watch. I, I just, you know, we don't do video for this podcast anymore. So I also want to underscore this by saying that uh, Michael's literally wearing a sweatshirt with anime eyes on it. Uh, as he's talking hey. that's, that's, that's my sweatshirt that's my brand that's my merch <laughs> yeah so you're one to talk they're actually, they're actually my eyeballs those are my eyeballs that's okay, actually so they're my not face. anime eyes but there is Japanese on it yes so, and yeah. it says sadness so it says all, sadness <laughs> we're all in the same boat here it's um, true uh, but yeah I, I do want to say really quick um, I haven't started it yet but I fully intend to plan uh, in, wow fully intend to play it. I was going to say plan, yeah. whatever. Uh, I'm going to play Strikers because I love Musou games. I love a Dynasty yeah. Warriors. I've reviewed a lot of Musou games uh, oh, when shit. I was like a freelancer. I did a lot of like, I like reviewed like the One Piece Musou games and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love it. It's just like one of, the, it's so satisfying. Like it's such a satisfying mm. genre. Uh, but I just want to say because he's not here, Jacob, no anime, Decker, loves Strikers. It's all he's doing. Yeah, I text him. We go. I text him, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Uh, nothing." It's like, uh, 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 uh. he's got the anime sweats. Uh, uh, I, uh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I he's gonna edit this and hear this, but <laughs> but uh, I, I Pull must up, be known What's up? since we're talking about Strikers right now that if he were here. He would probably say that yeah. he's very much enjoying it, um, and so I'm. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna wrap up the uh, main Persona Five stuff this weekend, and then I still have the Royal stuff to do. But I'll start mm-hmm. Strikers since uh, you don't. You don't need the Royal yeah. stuff. Um, I'm so excited. 
I'm 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 excited for y'all. because uh, yeah. that it is it is a magical experience. Like Callie has seen my transformation like <laughs> with her own eyes. Um like when I first experienced Persona 5 back in 2017, like I've always had a little bit of weeb in me, but it was never like unlocked. It was kind of like going Super Saiyan when I played Persona 5. I or was like, like awakening Saiyan, your persona. I was going to say, oh, well, like your metaverse. For, for, for you, for the, for the non-Persona folks, probably know better about going Super Saiyan. But, yeah. Um, well, it was like you yeah, went from like, you know, Super Saiyan, God Super Saiyan to like Super Saiyan, whatever, blue level four. Yeah. I like that. So Super many, Saiyan, you know what I'm saying. So many fucking levels. Yeah. So uh, that that is that is that is where my head's at. This is where my head has been. And it well, actually has been for like the past four years. Um, transitioning off of that, I'm also playing Final Fantasy four, which is which is my roots when it comes to Japanese oh. games. Final Fantasy four was my first Final Fantasy and I don't remember shit from that because I was five years old and I was like, turn-based battles. I can figure it out. I'm a tactics person. I can strategize. But I didn't know, like, I could barely read at the time. <laughs> and so figuring out what to do was hard. My brothers would be like, oh, go here, fight this thing. Uh, so I don't remember much about the story story. But the reason why I'm playing replaying Final Fantasy IV is I've always wanted to go back and kind of reacquaint myself with my first Final Fantasy that I don't remember much about. But also... Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker, which is the expansion that was announced earlier this month, has wild Final Fantasy IV references, and I want to be able to make those connections. So the same way that Shadowbringers, the, the current Final Fantasy XIV expansion, drew a lot of inspiration from Final Fantasy III, Endwalker, which is coming later this year, is doing the same with Final Fantasy IV. Uh, so I'm actually working on a feature doing like a whole bunch, like just from what we've seen in the trailer for the new expansion, then like what happens in Final Fantasy IV, doing wild connections. Ooh, y'all about to open y'all's third eye, man. Ooh, let's go. Ooh. I was going to say, have you got the pin board with like the red string? Yes. <laughs> going wild, uh, always sunny uh, on y'all asses with that. But it's like, I'm enjoying it. I love classic uh, like JRPGs and shit. So I'm having a good time. The game's hard as fuck. Mm. Uh, but um, it's, you know, it's an older uh, RPG from 1991. Um but yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been up to because I'm on my bullshit. You can count on that. Callie, what you been up to? Uh, well, speaking of Charlie Day in Always Sunny with the board, I was on Odell Harmon's podcast we recorded last night. You uh, all full, full circle? Yeah, I was on full Yo, circle. Yo, uh, that's my guy. And he uh, literally made a reference to that exact meme um so that's just th the theme of this week i guess but we were talking about the the pokemon uh 25th anniversary which is coming up so i'm kind of getting ready for that um because oh, i have no idea what's going on yeah. the 20th anniversary i covered pretty extensively um because they announced a bunch of stuff that uh like on february 27th which is the anniversary in japan and February 27th is uh, Saturday this year, which it, it, since they've been acknowledging Pokemon Day in uh, the West, they haven't it hasn't been on a, a weekend. So I have no idea, like, are they going to do the news on Friday instead? Or are they like just going to make us all work on Saturday after the Post Malone concert or whatever? So I have no idea. I've, like, Wait, is there actually a Post Malone concert in Pokemon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I find this extremely exciting. I don't care what yes. anybody says. I love Post Malone. Oh, see, the thing is, that like, boy can sing. We love sunflower in these parts, uh, around these parts, and uh, I have n nothing against Post Malone. It's just so bizarre to me. That's like, a very, very odd choice, but like yes. also, yeah. Pokemon's odd as hell. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, they've got like Pokemon that are like based off of like kids dying and being carted off like into, mm-hmm. you know, by balloons and stuff. So like Pokemon's weird. So like that's very weird. Pokemon it tracks. <laughs> it, Pokemon's not all Squirtles and Pikachu's people. <laughs> mm. The only reason I thought it was weird was because I consider Pokemon to be like to keep it very family friendly, but they've been doing like Detective Pikachu and like their their Twitter accounts very like with it when it comes to memes and stuff. And so I was kind of like, I I I, I could see them. There's radio vers- There's radio friendly versions of songs. I mean, look yeah, at him. Yeah. He's been he's had hit songs and like everything, including you know Spider Man into the. So I mean, like he's he's like yeah he he's hip. Yeah, for the kids. He, it's it, it, yeah. I think. I, honestly, Katy Perry is the weirder choice to me. But yeah. uh, but yes. Yeah, so there's <laughs> that's, a post below thing. <laughs> there's a post below thing happening on Saturday. Uh, which, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, that'll be tomorrow. Get ready. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm waiting for some news. I I, I think it'd be weird to do it on a weekend. I don't want that because I that means I would have to work. <laughs> but but yeah. So I'm waiting for that, and then. Uh, I've also I've been my my dad actually started watching Cobra Kai, and friend of the show, the show, yeah. And uh, I ended up watching it with him, and it's super cheesy, um, very like lots of '80s references, but it's really fun. Like it's fun. But the thing I wanted to talk about uh, is that it's set in uh, the area of Southern California that I, I grew up in, and I literally went to karate tournaments in some of the places they mentioned in the show. What? Oh. And so it's crazy to me because they'll be like, oh, we're going to, you know, well, I'm not going to say the cities, but we're going to XYZ city. And I'm like, I literally took a karate belt test there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I drove out to the valley and I did that. Um, so that's been pretty wild. It's, uh, you know, karate was not cool the way that it is in the show. In the show, like the entire school takes karate and they're all like, yeah, we are so cool. And we're in these karate gangs and we like try to kill each other at school. Um <laughs> I like I went to karate with a couple people from my class, but like, uh, no, it was in the not. 80s. It was very big. Everybody yeah. was in karate in the 80s because of the karate kid, etc. Yeah. So like 80s, 90s, everybody was in karate class, except for me because I was broke. But like <laughs> everybody else was in karate class. I just did karate at my house with my cousins. <laughs> yeah, I I mean. It's weird because like the show is set in like the like around na- like the present day. Yeah, um, that's weird. And, yeah, and like so, I think if it were the eighties, nineties, like yes, absolutely. Like, like now it's got, like you got what Dragon is it? Kickboxing. Ball, you got yeah, <laughs> MMA fighters. I was yeah. MMA. <laughs> um, but like you you had those cultural touch points for martial arts that like made martial arts really popular. I took it just because I hate team sports and I uh, had taken karate as a kid. And in high school, one of my friends t- was took karate and was like, you should join the dojo. And I was like, sure, why not? And then I did karate like five days a week for like two years straight. Wow. <laughs> really hard. Damn. And I could I, like plank for four minutes and like, what? <laughs> do a God ton damn. of, yeah. I was like, cr- like my, my thighs were like square, like the thigh muscle, like I was so, fit for like a couple years and that's gone now man that is so gone but it is still fun to watch the karate in the show and be like oh i don't know if that's how i would do that kick but 
Go for it. I, I, have, I have a question. Uh, so I'm not familiar with the show. I know of it. But are these kids being trained like in the school, like everyone's learning. Uh, but it, are they being trained for like evil purposes? Is like the the, the head teacher be like, yeah, but we're going to use these motherfuckers to like take over the world or something. Is this like uh, Honoji Academy and Kill a Kill or some shit? Like, <laughs> no. like they got like their four star gi and like they're going <laughs> to whoop motherfuckers ass and they can't be touched or something. Like, is that the deal? Uh, no, it's not like Kill a Kill. It's more like uh, the one of the dojos is inherently evil because it is Cobra Kai. Um, uh, so but it's, like it's not like it's not like we're go- we're I'm training the children to be my soldiers. It's more like oh. uh, we just have bad ideals and then they fight each other at school. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be uh, fair, though, so I watched the first couple episodes and Daniel was being a prick. Like, I did not care for Daniel in those first two episodes, but also didn't care for the other blonde guy. I never seen Karate Kid. Uh, yes, Daniel. For those who don't know, is the Karate Kid, and then Johnny is the blonde one who he Johnny. beats in Karate Kid. But also, um, Johnny is also not a good guy. No, he's, like he's not a good person. the The one thing about the show that I I have like I have not been involved in any discourse on Cobra Kai. I have not been like I have no idea how the show is received. So I have no idea if this has been touched on before. It's a little weird that there's no actual Japanese people doing the karate teaching. I was just gonna say like, <laughs> is this white on white violence? Because like I don't know, I'm kind of here for it, but well, oh the my cast God. is the cast is not only white people. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sh- yeah. The karate like the senseis. Uh, are white and I and there's like there's a a reference because Daniel's last name is LaRusso and at one point someone calls him Danny Danny LaRacist um, so, <laughs> take so, that you gabagool it's, it's, it's not like the show is completely unaware because obviously right. the movies had Mr. Miyagi mm-hmm. who was actually a Japanese uh, master of uh, specifically Okinawan karate mm-hmm. but um uh, see, the thing is, I took, I did not take karate from Japanese. I also went to white people karate dojo. Um, so <laughs> like it's, it's accurate. Like if you live in Southern right, California yeah, yeah. and you're taking sure, karate, yeah. it's probably just some like chain of like dudes, like just some dudes who know karate. Um, so you want to do karate, bro? Yeah. Talk to uh, sensei over here. Yeah. And then, but one of the, actually, one of the coolest things I did when uh, I did karate was we had, this was when the, um, the uh, M. Night Shyamalan Avatar movie, which we do not speak of and will no longer acknowledge after this, the sentence is over. I don't when know what you're talking about. Came, I love that movie. Out, <laughs> I know. It's problematic. I love it. I'm problematic. I know. You know, <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm, gonna call, I'm call just going to tell you this right now. If you divorce your ideas of anything else, it's good standalone on its own. You just have to be able to like separate things. I'm great no. at compartmentalizing trauma. So therefore, I apply that <laughs> to my everyday life whenever I, I, I don't like that. things. You know, that's fair. That's fair. And I, I do respect that. Yeah. I, I, I think The Last Airbender... That that series is too close to my heart. I'm too. I should close also to say I've never yeah. seen the Last Airbender series ever in my uh, life. So like, I have well, no frame of reference other than like, hey, cute animations that I've seen around, and then I saw a really dope movie that I thought was well done, and I like seeing fantastical things in movies. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was, well, if you want to laugh and cry, and and then cry more, I would highly suggest the animated. Series. I've tried. I've tried to watch it. I just. It starts I'm problematic. Out very I'm problematic. I don't <laughs> deny this. 
I don't. I don't <laughs> deny. Ask any white man on Twitter. I'm very problematic. <laughs> Uh, but I've never seen that. I've never seen, I don't know. I don't it's get fair. the appeal behind. I don't get the, I, it's a children's show. That is fair. Uh, I, I watched kids. it when I was a child. I watch Kipo. Uh, I watch Kipo. Kipo's our show. Kipo's our show. Well, Kipo. if your kids get into it, hmm. then maybe that'll be your gateway. But, but uh, we did have bent like, Oh my god! I can't say bending day because I know that means something different in the UK. Because Lucy told yeah. me. Yeah. Wait. But well, we, that, we sound, had, that sounds. Susio. What's bending day? Yeah, it is in the Susio. UK now. I need to know. Oh, not bending day, but bend bender as a. It just like a drinking day. The U no, the UK was very um, surprised when Futurama had a character called Bender. Let's put it that way. Oh my! Now I'm googling. Yeah, it's a, like it's it's a Google. derogatory term in the UK. Oh yeah. shit! Is it problematic? Oh yeah. yo. We'd, it, wow, we got wild props. It's wow. okay if, because we we just don't <gasps> have. Oh that here. Lord, <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> all right, yeah. But yeah, anyway, we had bending day oh, at the dojo, shit, goddamn. and we <laughs> problematic. And we I said I was problematic. God, oh my god, I don't like that though. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> I just shouldn't have said anything, but I have to acknowledge that I do yeah. know that there is an alternative meeting. But anyway, we had Bending Day at the dojo and we did like uh, the different martial arts that inspired the different bending types in uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. So we did like Tai Chi for water bending. And mm. I think uh, I was taking Kempo Karate and we that was closest to fire bending. Um, so it was really cool. And it was like this cool thing we did at my dojo. But uh, Cobra Kai is very much like... I uh, I'm here to to kill my my ex boyfriend's new girlfriend. That's what I'm doing. That's I'm valid. in high school. That's so. valid. <laughs> I feel you on that. Yeah. Zombie, what have you been playing, doing, watching? Little Little Nightmares Two. Obviously, I've been playing the heck out of that, and I've been playing a game called Cloud Gardens. That's from an indie studio Ooh. that I love, um, and it's one of my favorite games. It's really beautiful. It's really peaceful. Super chill. It's got like a lo-fi vibe. It's a diorama building kind of game uh, where you are looking at like a post-apocalyptic kind of future. The buildings are all run down, et cetera. And you're trying to grow, overgrow it with plants in an artistic way. Um, but it's it's just chill as heck. And yeah, it's What's one of my studio? like, um, they're the same people that made Kingdom. So let me find them on Twitter. Because I. Oh, that's yeah. Been on Thomas my, Vandenberg. It's been on my wish list for a long time because it just looks so chill. And I think I bought it in the sale. I just haven't had a chance to play it yet. But it just looks so it's, nice. It's one of my favorite games. Uh, I just, I don't know. I really enjoy playing it. And my audience really likes it when I play it. So, like, it's something that I've just kind of leaned into. And I don't know. It helps me unplug from the world. Mm. Um, so I just play the heck out of it and I put on sometimes I throw on a different soundtrack but though the game sounds are really good and like crunchy and I don't know I love like atmospheric sounds in games uh, which is also why I like Little Nightmares 2 so much it's got good atmospheric sounds so those are my two games that I've, I'm like hooked on and that I'm playing in heavy rotation. I'm about to go back on my bullshit and play Survival Arc Evolved more. I was just gonna say, yeah, yeah. you're a bit, you're a big Arc player. I have seven thousand four hundred and seventy hours in that game. Whoa. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm about oh to go back God. on my on bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I just got a thing from Nitrado. I'm gonna go start my own server again. So you. <laughs> see you guys never um <laughs> goodbye sleep schedule and healthy skin oh. um i i don't know and then i'm watching i just finished the winks show 
Uh, oh, on Netflix. It's amazing. I it's haven't amazing. seen it yet. Everybody um, said it was fr- problematic. I'm not going to lie. There's some problematic whitewashing that happened. Okay. Let's just address oh. the elephant in the room. Okay. So what is it? What is it based on? Okay. There's a sh- kids TV show. Mm. Like I said, let's divorce it. <laughs> <laughs> let's divorce it. Cause I did like the kids TV show too. Uh, I watched it with my oldest daughter when she was smaller. She was like super into winks and, and like, that was like her big jams. So like, I just look at this with fresh eyes and pretend like it's a whole entirely new thing. And it's rad. It's it's like Gossip Girl uh, meets like, I don't know, like Harry Potter. Okay. With like I'm a little of Riverdale mixed in. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I dig it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was like really fun. Are there some slightly problematic things? Yes. Are there? Are there slightly problematic things in everything as we have learned? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So Oof, if yep. you can move past it, if it's nothing that's going to keep you from like having, you know, being feeling particularly triggered, I think you should watch it. It's fun as heck. I thought it was fun. It had cool special effects. I really dug the special effects in the show. Like I thought they were seamless. I really dug the makeup and the styling. Thought it was very like I don't know fluff. I like fluff stuff. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'll tell you right now. Oh, I love Gossip same. Girl. Oh. I love Gilmore Girls. Hell, I started rewatching Gilmore Girls. I rewatch in Gilmore Girls anytime I go through something in my life. Breakup, Gilmore Girls. Uh, you, it's pregnant, a very problematic Gilmore show, Girls. But do you watch yeah. Sex in the City? Zombie? I love Sex in the City. Yo, I Sex in the City. Yeah. Sex in the City. So and I love Yo, the movies. And I love oh the movies. God. Like Wait, I love them. I love them all. I think they're all did great. Did you see that thing that they were saying that Mr. Big might not be coming back from the movie? Thank but God. then he was like, but then he was like, oh, don't believe everything you read. So maybe he is. I don't know. But I mean, Samantha's not gonna be in it. Yeah, She's Samantha leaving is gonna leave it very dry, is yeah. all I'm gonna say. It's gonna leave it very dry. We yeah. all come for the raunchiness that Sam brings to the table. She, she adds something special. She adds the spice. Yeah, sure. and I'm like, and I'm and I'm also rewatching Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast, the final season yeah. again. I just had the creator uh, of the show on Netflix on my podcast. Uh, Rad Seacrest mm. came on my podcast and talked. Um, he's really cool. Uh, he found out, I I literally just like was like I'm just gonna tweet how much I love and wish he would come on my show and see. And he like literally was like in my DMs like five minutes later and was like, "Yo, I like podcasts. What's up?" And I was like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, like, are you shot. kidding me? Like, what? <laughs> this is my podcast. I've only had one episode. Please don't do this to Swish. me." <laughs> um, but it was really fun, and Kipo's really great. It's got really great representation. Uh, it's got really great like representation for people of color and also for queer um, youth. It's got really good representation for queer youth. Uh, it's got dope music from some Wu Tang Clan members in it which I love the hip hop tie-ins in the show. Like it's incredible. It's uh post-apocalyptic, which I love. Um, and it's all about friendship and kindness and how that helps you persevere through all things Yo, in, in a way that's not simplistic, uh, in Yo. a way that's like really complicated. And it shows you that even though you're doing the right thing, sometimes it's really hard to do the right thing. Uh, and I just dig the show. It's rad as heck to watch, especially if you're like knocking back a couple of Trulies late at night with your roommate <laughs> blessing. Yo, uh, yo, truly yeah. lemonades. I'm gonna tell bless. Like, let's yeah, watch people. It's, it's really lit. It's really. I got a two seater couch out here. You know. Yeah, saying? it's a really good show, and I really think um, people should watch it. But especially if you have kids, uh, I think it, it, the representation of like what the kids are able to achieve and how they do it, et cetera, et cetera. And then the conversations with the queer youth in the show are very realistic, and they don't feel forced or uh, like I don't know ma- made to fit. 
And just right. the level of diversity in that show alone is amazing. So, I mean, it's very like adventure time, but more badass. Oh, you are speaking my language. Yeah. Holy shit. I, I don't know why I didn't know about this. Like yeah. everything no, you said on. is just like checking slept off all the boxes on. I'm looking slept for. Slept on. It's so slept on. Uh, it's very much like when Marceline did her individual episodes for, you yes. know, the stakes for Marceline's episodes. Yeah. Uh, it's very much like that kind of vibe, uh, but all the time. And it's rad. It's just rad. It's a good show. And that's kind of like what's been taking up my time outside of streaming is sitting and watch rewatching this last season with my kid because I did watch it secretly without her. So like I'm trying to pretend like I didn't watch it without her. Because You're like, yo, this is fire. I'm gonna watch this, this shit is, without you. This is amazing. Like so now I have to pretend like I've not seen it so that she doesn't get mad. Cause she's twelve and she's very moody and dangerous. Um oh, that's twelve is a hard age to be. It's so yeah. tough. I hate it here. Send help. <laughs> And chocolate. Yeah, they're, they're, that's what. That's when I remember I started talking shit to my dad. I'm like, you're not my dad. Dude, I mean, he is, but like, she's not now, that I crazy. Decide, now I can like, decide whether or not he is. She's not like, that I'm crazy, but she's definitely mouthy, and we definitely like. Uh -huh. She slams doors now, and I didn't know that Oof, that was a thing. I had to yeah. tell her the other day that I would remove the door, and I was like, I literally stopped myself halfway through saying, it, and I was like, Oh my god, I'm, I'm my mom. I'm my mom <laughs> right now. Oh my, I yeah, had like look a at whole. The look at the growth. I like panicked. I was like, Never yeah. mind. I'm not going to take your door. And then I was like, but I really want to take her door. Like, like Ooh, yeah. Don't want to be like my mom. It was it was a moment, y'all. Anyways, that's <laughs> parenting is trash. Uh, <laughs> 10 out of 10, don't recommend until you're well therapeutized and ready to roll. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, 12 year olds are in my house now. So that's a thing. Godspeed. Oh. Damn, good luck. Pray for me, audience. Just light one. Pour pour some of your, your Hennessy out for me on the ground right now, because that's my life. <laughs> I, I got you. I got you. Uh, and as for me, I uh, I did play Metal Gear. Uh, I played it for a few hours on Valentine's Day um, with my love, and uh, which is very good because he's played it multiple times and was just <laughs> trying to guide me through it. Uh, and the PC controls um, aren't bad. great. Yeah. <laughs> really difficult and i kept getting very mad um, but i'm up to i'm up to psycho mantis and i'm waiting until um we hang out again so that i can continue playing but i did watch at the weekend saint maud which i have conflicting feelings about um it's an a24 horror movie um about a nurse who's very religious and she um, is in palliative care. She's looking after this uh, woman who's dying of cancer, this uh, this ex-dancer. And she basically tries to convert this woman. And there's a lot of religious themes, a lot of kind of psychological stuff going on. I wouldn't, Callie, I wouldn't, because there's a lot of vomiting in it. Oh, no. Um, All right, yeah, no thanks. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. So yep. um, I've watched that at the weekend and I... The trailer itself is is creepy, and the whole movie does do like the tone stuff really well. But I think it gets a bit lost in itself, and a mm. bit. I don't know. It has. It tries to rely on the religious angle a bit too much, and then it just kind of is a. I don't know. Like it didn't hook me at the end. The ending I thought was it kind of unraveled a little bit, but I did watch it, and I was like, you know, part of the no repeat twenty twenty one. Um, watching a bunch of new stuff, and so oh. mixed feelings on it. But it's mid. It's a it's a mid. So it's, that's the, it, that's what the kids say. 
Really? Is that, is that what the they say? It's mid? Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's mid? mid. I don't know if it's a kid's thing, but just saying something's mid is like, eh, Look, I'm still low-key over, whack. I'm still not over the fact that, you know, skinny jeans are out, center parts are back. Nah, skinny jeans are out because jeggings have been in since the past 15 years. Ask me, shit. My, my Listen, pants are tighter than my skin. So they're trying. They're, they're honestly, to God, trying to bring back low-rise jeans, and I'm... I'm <gasps> no, no, we cannot allow that to happen. I have again. a fupa, and I am against this. Right, yeah. With every part of my, I will rail against till I die. I will die on this I've, hill. Yeah, I, I've yeah. seen a lot of booty crack in my time that I yeah. did not want to see. So yeah. let's bring that back, or let's, let's roll that back. Yeah, I don't want to bend over and accidentally show people my Oscar. Like, Facts. That's not what we're about. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> I. I did want to say, uh, just back on the horror movie train, a lot of horror movies tend to fall apart in that third act, so I'm not mm. surprised to hear it. But I also think that too many horror movies uh, lean too hard into the religious horror angle, and I don't know if that's like a, we're all trying to be the exorcist thing or what where that comes from, but... I, I mean, as somebody who did not grow up going to church or anything, like it just has no effect on me. I'm like, that's you know, yeah. That's well, I've, I've got that. I've got that Catholic guilt. So for me, it's, so you, it's affecting it. It works for you, but the, the movie just it didn't quite hit. Yeah. yeah. Shouts out to the Pope. I don't <laughs> know. And with that, <laughs> let's move on to the topics. Okay, on to the news topics for this week. So we are recording this before the PlayStation State of Play. So insert, I don't know, fake reactions here. Wow. Whoa, Whoa Horizon, uh, Zero oh, Dawn. That's so crazy. Well, Final, if Final Clank. Fantasy 16, if, fi- if there's, yo, listen, if there is Final Fantasy 16 news or a new trailer or if Naoki Yoshida gets on, gets on that video and starts sp- spitting facts, like I will cry again. For the yeah. second time, or no, like for like the 20th time. What am I talking about? Final Fantasy 16 news. Ooh, that's it. That's all I got to say. All I want is Ratchet and Clank news. That's all I want. That's, mm, I, that's Oh, I imagine there'll be a new trailer. I hope I'm literally is. obsessed with Ratchet and Clank. I've, I have a Ratchat and Clank tattoo on my left uh, hip. Oh, shit. Ooh. Yeah, I do. I respect that. Uh, and nice. I love Ratchet and Clank so much. I love robots so much. So I've been really anticipating like this release. Like it's... Yeah, it's going to kill me if I don't get to like <laughs> see some Ratchet and Clank action Aww. because I'm so anxious about whether or not we're going to get it this year or <laughs> yeah. if they're going to yeah, like. They've said, um, I think they said June or July, right? June's my birthday month and I really <gasps> want this as a present <laughs> because I will sink so much time into it. Like, Damn. I just love Ratchet and Clank games. They're fun. They're pretty yeah. to look at already. So like what I see for them putting out for the PS5 is going to be incredible. And I just want to see more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we'll see we'll see at the state of play. But there has been other news to tide us over today, Wednesday, when we were filming recording. Anthem next, it's gone. Uh, blog post from Bioware uh, stated that obviously COVID and the move to work from home had an impact on development. Uh, Bioware are now shifting their focus onto the next Mass Effect, the next Dragon Age, and providing more content updates for the Old Republic. Are we surprised? No one in this no. group is surprised. No. Come on. No. I mean, we all knew it was dead in the water when it, like, after the demo dropped. Like, we've, it's been, right? Like, it's been dead yeah. since then. It seemed was, really cool for, like, two weeks. I, I remember playing the alpha, and I was like, oh, man, this, like, feeling, flying feels really good. I, it was buggy at the time, but obviously it's an alpha. And then you're like, 
oh, there's some story stuff they're trying here. Maybe it's just because I just don't have any connection to this world yet that I don't care. And then the final release came out and I was like, oh no, I just, I just don't care. Uh, I don't, I don't have it in me to do like a destiny thing with this game. Mm-hmm. I reviewed Anthem and, um, I, I do think that the flight mechanics and some of the, like the way, like abilities and combat worked were really interesting, but I have to say it's like out of all the reviews I've done, it's one of the one like one of the ones I enjoyed the least. Like I really did not enjoy the process of reviewing that game, uh, which is weird because I gave it a six. I like looking back on that, I'm like, really? Because I did not have a good time. But I do think that um, uh, it they did have some some good ideas. So it's kind of it's. I mean, it's always a bummer because obviously like human beings worked on it and it we're working on that and it got canceled. Um, so I'm never like, I'm never like, haha, of course. Like I'm, yeah. I, I don't, I don't relish that feeling, even though I think we all are not surprised because obviously yeah. like people were dedicating their time to it. Um, but yeah, having reviewed the uh, Anthem. You have, um, yeah. Yeah. You have a, you have an intimate relationship with Anthem. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, you probably know best. I like that was one of the reviews where I was like getting like I had to honestly it's kind of hard when you're reviewing a game and like you're getting to the point where you're getting like you're like rage quitty like Mm -hmm. if you're playing a game and you're getting frustrated like sometimes sitting down and doing that review I almost have like in the past have overcorrected because I'm like oh I was just being emotional and I should probably like tone it down and be more Mm -hmm. fair or whatever but like my philosophy now has definitely evolved to like, man, if I don't like that shit, I didn't like it. Like if I not, yeah. I, like I can't valid, change right? the fact that mm-hmm. I, ha- I had a terrible time. So, yeah. um, I mean, that was a couple of years ago now. So I've definitely changed on that front, but, oh, that was rough. So many technical hey. issues too. Like, <laughs> so yeah. that's my, my what, take on Anthem. One thing I'll say about it is that everyone always has this thing to connect it to my bullshit again. Everyone always has this thing when like a an ambitious game kind of low key flops out the gate. Everyone's Andromeda. like, yeah, Andromeda. it is like, yo, or especially specifically online games. They're like, yeah. yo, they're gonna do a Realm Reborn. It's gonna be like Final Fantasy fourteen again. It's like, hey, yo, hold your horses. If you actually know the story behind Final Fantasy fourteen's transition after it had flopped, like it is well documented how fucking hard it is to even can like even try to pull that off like the fact that final fantasy 14 pulled it off is a goddamn miracle it's not just like oh let's just like tweak parts of the game it's like it is an ambitious effort that everyone on needs to be a thousand percent on board with the vision and needs to support that vision and very few like very few people have that or like when these things come up they don't necessarily have the time, the resources, the, the support that they need to make it happen. Uh, so, like, yeah, these, these things just don't like, oh, well, we're just going to rework it. Boom. It's yeah. good now. Like, that is, like, I don't it's know. Like, it's Oh, yeah. can't you just patch it? I can't just patch it. And I think towards the end, like, didn't Anthem have about 30 people working on it? That was it. Like, the, those are the people in charge of, like. Yeah, see? overhauling it and making Anthem next. So it's no surprise. And honestly, I do wonder if they saw the reaction to the next Dragon Age. They saw the reaction to Mass Effect Legendary Edition. They saw the reaction to the next Mass Effect and they were like, we should just jump. Like, yeah, like, yeah, these are things we can't afford to fuck up. And if yeah. 
if our resources are better spent there, then that's where we need to go. Yeah, but it sucks. And like Ali said, like you don't necessarily like seeing ship fail. Like, yeah. Um, but so from 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 a sad story to a God, I don't even know what to make of this. What is that Henry Cavill Mass Effect Instagram post? Um, Michael, I see you clicking on it. Yep. So that. So if you're unaware, you don't follow Henry Cavill on Instagram. <laughs> He posted a picture of him in his dressing table, dressed up like Geralt, clearly filming season two of The Witcher. And he's reading something and he's blurred it. And he says something like, oh, sneaky, hashtag secrets or something. You'll never know. Hashtag hump day as well, which I really appreciate. <laughs> hump day. Henry Cavill, let, let me know what's up about hump day, bro. <laughs> given oh, the I'm going to relax. I'm going to relax. I'm going to relax. Relax. But given the fact that uh, what he's reading and someone went through and sharpened the image is he's reading... Uh, the Mass Effect 3 Rannoch, um mission briefing, I think, from Mass Effect 3. So there are some words that people have picked up from there, like uh, Cerberus, Talizora. Um, and so basically, the internet is ablaze. Is he going to be in the new Mass Effect? Is he going to be in a live-action trailer for the Legendary Edition? Is he going to narrate the audiobooks of Mass Effect. Unsure why you'd want to, they're not that good. But <laughs> Damn. What, they're not. They're not. There's one there's one book that was so bad that I think they actually had to recall it. Wow. I think. Or there was like there was a very big uproar in the community because of something to do with Kai Lang and some cereal. It was Yo. a lot. If it oh. Yo, yeah. alright, yeah. My my mind's just going wild with like is it about if it's about because like the Koreans are like the most interesting race I think in mm -hmm. I was gonna say Final Fantasy <laughs> in Mass Effect <laughs> in Mass Effect like Koreans are like the most interesting I was like Tally's like that's my girl one thousand percent um and if it has to do with the next next Mass Effect like yo if we act because like the whole thing about Ranok is like the Koreans can't live in their own planet anymore yeah. and like, like you go there uh, at, in some capacity in uh, Mass Effect 3, but I'm just like, oh, snap, let's, oof, there's, Mass Effect universe is so rich. I'm so We've excited. had, th we had three games and there is so much more to unpack in that world. That codex is fire, man, god damn. There's so did much you, stuff they could pull from. Did you see that the only reason that Thane uh, was as sick as he was, I'm not gonna say stuff because it's spoilers, was because right. someone fucked up a codex entry? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable, and that's the kind of shit that I love, but do we wanna see more, I mean, if, this is a movie because the Mass Effect movie rights have been, you know, like it, that has been in development hell for forever. I think they even like signed the movie back in 2008 or something. Would we want to oh, see a, a movie time. of Mass Effect or a TV show? Like, I mean, they're given Halo. Uh, I don't know. The Expanse exists. Yeah, I don't think you need a Mass Effect TV show. The Expanse is amazing. It is. <gasps> oh my God. Finally, someone who watches The Expanse. <laughs> I love it so <laughs> no, much. I love it so, so much. <laughs> I'm at the end of season four, and it's phenomenal, and everyone should watch it, especially if you like Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. I've um, never played Mass Effect. I've never even looked <gasps> at it. I've never even looked at it. Are, are you interested in it, though? No, like, I'm not their target uh, audience. Like, I, <laughs> I'm a black girl playing video games. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like so much of this stuff isn't really marketed towards me, mm -hmm. and, and therefore I kind of miss out on it. Does that make sense? Because some of these yeah, things, sure, yeah, yeah. Yes. some of these things, I feel like they're marketed so wrong. And then I go back and touch on them or, or maybe like a friend recommends it to me is like, yo, really try this. 
And I play it and I'm like, how did I miss this? But then I realized yeah. it's just not marketed for us. Dude, um, Jess Howard and I had this exact conversation a couple episodes ago because there's so many games that like I just have not like I was talking about Hitman in that example. Like I, it's just like I don't f- realize that it's something that would interest me at all until somebody I know is like, oh, you'd actually really like this. And I was like, oh, I thought that was for like teenage boys. Like I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, Hitman just looks uh, for me from the outside. It, it looks like uh, like a poor man's like Max Payne. Like kind of experience is it like and that? I, yeah, well, I and I wouldn't I wouldn't like disagree with that that because like I can see someone getting that perception out of Hitman. Like, yeah, out of what of I've co- seen. Of course, like that's what someone's going to think out based of what on like, I've marketing seen. Material. Marketing, yeah, exactly, is yeah. what I mean to say. Like at face value, and and with me with games, it's like I either like connect with it or I just don't. And so like mm-hmm. I hear people saying things about Mass Effect, and they're like, I would die for Mass Effect. Like, like they're like so into it. And I'm just like, it's never appealed to me, but it's the same way. Like Halo didn't really appeal to me, but I played it for the PVP aspect with my homies. Like I like to run Halo lobbies with my friends, but like the actual story of Halo, just like mm, snooze fest. I also just don't (laughs) like, I just don't like like war torn stories and uh, like, but yeah, I mean, this is yeah. End of the galaxy. Yeah. Soldier shit. Yeah. Like, I don't relate. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's totally fair. I think yeah. the thing about it being marketed is that like it certainly was marketed that way. And it was, you know, they never, they always had the male Commander Shepard and they never even settled on a female one, despite the fact that you can play the entire trilogy as a female character. Wait, you can? Unt- see, yeah. 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 See, see like exactly. See, yeah. They didn't even communicate wait, wait, wait. that. There is a, there's a character creator as well. Like, See, why don't you they can like make market your own this part? This is like so imperative for yeah. people who yeah. are trying to identify or see representation in games and they miss out on whole demographics. Like for me, yeah. there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't realize like culturally are so different. I definitely like feel like a lot of games are marketed towards like cis white males. Like they're just marketed towards them, which is cool because that's their target demographic. That's who they're looking at. But I would so much like more targeted marketing like Animal Crossing when they came out with like the targeted marketing with the hairstyles and like Mm -hmm. they made adjustment that brought me right back in because I had like fallen off because my mental health was okay. And then (laughs) 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 Uh, and then and then I came right back, though, because I was like, yo, they they pulled me back in with the marketing. And I feel like so much in games we, we just there's like a lost opportunity of experiencing these games for people like me who maybe just don't see it and we're like, ah, this game won't be for me. Yeah, I, I want to find, uh, there was an old, like years old Polygon article um, about the history of video game marketing and how it ended up becoming so like targeted towards like that narrow demographic of like teenage cis white boys. Um, and I can't, rem- I used to like, I would be able to rattle off the, the headline for it. Oh, it's called, it's actually called no girls allowed. I just find it, found it. So if you look up no girls allowed, um, it's from 2013, it's a pretty old article, but I remember and it, it still really, tracks. It, I remember <laughs> it really impact, impacting me because it was a look back on the history of like how the marketing became that way. Um, if you listen to the episode, I think there's multiple episodes where we've talked about this already. I, we got good feedback on it from from people in the community um, who related, but sorry, we're rehashing it really quickly. But but that article t- looks at that. Um, 
I mean, you know, you're missing out on at least half of the people, if not at least, but you're you're missing out on half the the people you could be marketing towards uh, if you're if you're only focusing on men. So, and then you know, not to mention race and sexuality and all the other things that you could. Uh, that are in these games that these games have that like there's there's so much there these games have wide appeal you just don't see that um and i think you know mass effect is definitely a great example of that because yeah mm-hmm. like they didn't even have femshep on the cover and, and okay like, fine i'll look at mass effect this conversation <laughs> has convinced me to look at it so wait until legendary edition mm-hmm. because if you go back and try mass effect ooh. one now ooh, ooh, it's no yeah she clunky don't do it. She's she she hasn't aged well. <laughs> she's like I shouldn't refer to her as a she, but it's like I don't know. You're trying to you're kind of constantly fighting against the game at some points. It's just not a fun experience. Well, it, it is fun, but you it, it that kind of comes with I think knowing how it. It's like an old car. Like you know the the pieces the the place on the dashboard that you have to hit to get it to work just right. Yeah, that's what Mass Effect One is like right now. <laughs> yeah. So what they're doing in Legendary is they are kind of making it just just bringing it up to date and okay. they're like upraising up on textures and stuff. But like there are some really incredible human moments in it and like relationships and that's why you'll hear people say like I will die for Mass Effect I'll die for Garrus and it's like because of those little stories within the broader story which is end of the galaxy, end of the world stuff. Okay. Also, um, like, most fans consider Femshep to be canon Shepard because, yeah. like, everybody likes the voice acting more. Like, oh, I remember yeah. Jennifer I remember, Hale. Jennifer I remember, Hale, like, yo. that being a thing. Like, they put the male uh, player character on the cover and then, like, everybody was like, oh, no, actually, you should probably play as, as Femshep. Yeah. And I, I hate calling her that because, like, no one calls him male Shep. Uh, no. but that was the thing for like years. Um, but anyway, do we need a movie? No, I never think we need a video game movie. Stop adapting them. It doesn't what? make sense. What Mortal Kombat? Hello? I, I just think like so many games, the intrinsic, like, like the interactivity and the mechanics of the game are not sep- like you can't separate them from the story mm-hmm. there are yeah. like there are some games and the example i always go to is to the moon because i saw a stage adaptation of to to the moon that gave you what? everything that to the moon can give you it damn to the moon i think i that's yeah. lovely, also yeah absolutely beautiful game doesn't need to be game like yeah. to, for that story to be affecting but there are so many games where like you lose out on a lot of the value when you strip out the player aspect. Like, I just don't think that you can, you you know, you could never make an undertale movie because the act of playing undertale is in, that is part of the narrative design. So I'm so that's how I feel about. I'm so torn on this because I love that arc is getting like an anime series with it. Like, Oh shit. Uh, I'm really pumped about that. Like, I, I don't know. There's so many worlds I would like to live in a little bit longer. But yeah, then there's also some that I feel like, no. No, I, I shouldn't say never because, like, <laughs> yeah. I watched the Pokemon anime for many years. So, like, I, I should should not say yeah. never. But I, I think that Oh, man, a lot Pokemon of the time, anime is so good. Yeah. A, a lot of the time, you, you're going to – there's, there's going to be, issue, like, lost in translation things. With Mass Effect, I feel like – you know, a big part of that appeal for me is like the RPG part of it. 
is the like I'm choosing, you know, who I'm going to romance and I'm getting to know the characters like on on the level that I am in control of and like I can seek out. And so I yeah. don't know how that translates. I don't. I mean, I unless unless you took a story from Mass Effect that you've never experienced before as a player, like mm-hmm. First Contact War, for yes. example. Yes. Or an, a Spectre that's, you know, the first ever Spectre, for example, and you, like, showed that, that would be really cool. I don't understand how the Shepard story could translate because so much of those games is choice and consequence. Yes, however, I, I see I say all this, but if, if Henry Cavill was cast as Garrus, <laughs> then it's like, never mind. All that goes out the window. We're it's game over that. for you bitches. <laughs> it's like, oh, never mind. I I have no opinion on game adaptations. I have no thoughts in my head. Uh, I will watch it. <laughs> so. Mass Effect is about the power of friendship. Yeah. So I like friendship. Uh, I do like yeah. friendship. Yo, I'm a sucker for friendship. Yeah. Mass Effect's yeah. about friendship. I'll tell you how much. All right, let's move on to listener questions. As always, if you have questions for the show, make sure to email them to afterdarkpodcast at redventures.com. Uh, we're working on getting the at gamesport.com back. Um, or you can DM myself or Jake on Twitter. DMs are open. Please be nice. Um, or drop them in the Discord. If you're not in the GameSpot Discord, make sure to message one of us and we'll get you in. It's a very fun place full of nice, wholesome people. So, Michael, do you want to take this first question? I Sorry, got I like, you. I feel like a teacher calling on people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it. I think I could still read. Do you find services like Game Pass, Smart Delivery, delivery or even Xbox's dedication to backward compatibility inadvertently impacts the public's perception of Nintendo charging full price for ports slash remasters. For example, it was quite jarring to see news of a, of a game like Metro Exodus receiving substantial upgrades free of cost, and in the same week, Nintendo asked their fans to pay $79.99 Canadian dollars, that is, for a port slash remaster of a 10-year-old game. Curious about your thoughts on the sustainability of Nintendo's approach as it pertains to their reputation amongst customers. Mr. Blue MD with the uh, question. I will say we talked about this a little bit last week with Jared Petty. Uh, mm-hmm. So we did talk about uh, how Nintendo is kind of this unique entity when it comes. Like, the thing is, we've, we have been teaching them with our dollars for many years that we're going to buy Mario on every platform it comes out on because people do it. I, I used to buy every version of Pokemon uh, because I didn't have anybody to trade with, but also because... <laughs> I wanted to. Kelly, Kelly, I want to hug you now. You can't fill out your Pokedex unless you got red and blue. Come here, come here, let's get a hug. I accept the hug. Um, uh, But also because they trained me to catch them all, so I was going to collect all of the uh, cartridges. I stopped doing that after a while. No, I have Sword and Shield, never mind. Um, But (laughs) Me too, me too. I, I do think that like, it's weird to say this, I guess, because it's not that, like, like as a person in media, I don't want to hold some companies to one standard while I hold others to another standard. I just feel like, you know, Nintendo kind of exists in its own sphere, given that, like, it has the exclusivity on a number of very particular franchises that you, like, you don't get anything similar elsewhere. Like, yeah, you can play a 3D platformer. 
that's like Super Mario 64 inspired um, on PC or whatever. I've reviewed a number of them and none of them are what I hoped they would be, you know, like there are, you know, Zelda likes and but like none of them are Zelda. Right. I it, mm-hmm. it's it, it's just a very particular position that Nintendo's in thanks to, you know, 25 35 plus years of um build up with these franchises does that mean they that it doesn't suck when you get nickeled and dimed no obviously it's like i i would rather not pay 60 dollars for skyward sword uh then then again i didn't play skyward sword originally and i never bought it so i mean i guess like this is me buying it for the first time i yeah i don't know it's it's definitely weird it's I, I don't have a good uh, way to explain it. It's just that Nintendo magic. We're all suckers. <laughs> like we're just... I, I just don't think that this... I Nintendo's gonna Nintendo. Like, yeah. Nintendo has so much brand integrity. They could do whatever they want, and every single person is going to continue to pay for it because they operate in a very specific space, and there's mm-hmm. no one else that can compete with them on that level. Period. They could tell us something's $124, that we already owned three years ago on a different system and it was system specific then, but now you have to buy it specifically for this system and everyone's going to be like, you know what? I love that game so much. And it's like nostalgic. <laughs> yeah. You're se- they're repackaging and selling us nostalgia at a premium and we're going to continue to buy it. <laughs> there's, there's nothing anyone can do that will snap everyone out of, paying these nintendo prices except for me because i don't do that shit (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i hate to break it to you nintendo you got my money once with wii u that's it that's it i'm not i'm not doing it i will i love you so much nintendo uh but also like that's crazy it's crazy to me like i we have what three switches in this house one two three four switches in this house now because my kid just had a birthday so we have four switches in this house now i'm not buying (laughs) all these games at 60 70 dollars a pop for each of them xbox game pass exists and my kids will just be mario lists like <laughs> I, I don't and i don't feel bad about it because they have no frame of reference for it the way that we right. do mm-hmm. the people that are paying these premium costs are paying it purely because of nostalgia like we literally see repackaging and reselling of these mario games and we pay it because childhood and and we will continue to pay it. Game over, Greggy. All of us. We're all going to be suckers. We're all going to buy the games. We all know we're going to. Come on. Let's just be real. Except for yeah, me. Except yeah. for me. <laughs> so, I mean, y'all spend that money if you want to. I'll buy snacks instead. But uh, I love you, Nintendo. And I'll buy all your new Pokemon stuff. And I'll buy Animal Crossing stuff. If it's new and it's really new, I'll buy it. But uh, this yeah. this stuff is wild to me. I've got Game Pass. And I am a Game Pass junkie. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I'm thinking about it and I I haven't, I did that with Pokemon for sure, but like I didn't get Wind Waker HD, like I just played Wind Waker on GameCube and like I have my GameCube copy still. Um, like I said, I've never played Skyward Sword, so like I, if I had played Skyward Sword, I, listen, I hate the art style. I hate Link's lips specifically. I, <laughs> like that was a big barrier for me. And why I have never played Skyward Sword. <laughs> so, like, I'm going to play it because I feel like I should, I should, you know. And th- that's another thing about the games industry is there's a lot of pressure to, like, have, du- you know, have experienced the Pantheon or whatever. Um, 
but like if I had played it before, I probably wouldn't be buying it again. Um, I, I also think that people our age, like people like millennial generation people, like if you were a kid, you were probably playing a lot of Nintendo games because a lot of like most of the other games that were available were like not necessarily for children. Yep. So the nostalgia, the, the nostalgia there is like we didn't really have a lot of other options, whereas kids now probably have more options for family friendly games than just Nintendo. But like at the time, I feel like, well, you know, I can't really talk. My dad let me play Doom when I was five. So I uh, I never I never really had a barrier like that with games like I was playing M rated games like from from the jump. But like um, I when you're a kid, like the, the Nintendo games were just, they're colorful and they're friendly and they're, they're accessible for children. Like a lot of them don't require a lot of reading. Like, you know, I just think there's something to that too. Like specifically for like the millennial generation, the nostalgia comes from a specific place. Yeah. I think also comes to the game design. Like, I think you're so right. Um, both of you about talking about, you know, you have this halcyon days right, that you want to go back to and, for some people, that just means holding on. Like, I hold on to every console I've ever owned, every game I've ever owned. Like, I'm sorry, mum, they are all in my room still and I'm never going to move them. But, like, <laughs> I hold on to that shit. And, you know, Okami, for example, is a game that I have bought every single time they have ported it. I have, um, I have it on, I think, PS2, PS3, PS4 slash 5, Switch. Yeah, I, have, I own and I've paid for that game four times. And it's like, what am I getting out of that? It's the same game. And I've never finished it on any of the ports, but it's shinier. It's literally the Malibu Stacy, but he's got a new, <laughs> but she's got a new hat. <laughs> and I still like, can relate to this, though, with Ark. I bought it on everything. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. I've done that with Skyrim, to be honest. <laughs> a, friend of, a friend of mine uh, used to genuinely collect different versions and copies of Resident Evil 4. So a game that's obviously been ported to everything, but she would get like the international versions, um, like the whole thing. And so I totally get it. And I, it reminds me of, you know, playing that game for the first time. And um, but back to like to the list of question, Mr. Mr. Blue MD, is that Xbox's fault? No, I th it's it's Nintendo choosing to do what they do. Xbox are doing what they do, and like, yeah, you can you 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 assign your own value on if you think if you pay seventy for that Nintendo game and that's worth it to you, then that's worth it to you. If you pay nine ninety nine a month for Game Pass and that's and you you get the value out of that and you get the value out of that. Here's another thing too: is that it's also what do these what do these reissues offer? And for Nintendo is because from generation to generation, they are also their consoles are very different from one another. The GameCube is very different from the Wii. The Wii, the Wii U, like obviously that's that's a parallel there. But then mm -hmm. also you incorporate the tablet. So the games who are that are designed with the tablet in mind also need to be re need to be like rethought of when they when they're brought to another platform. Also, Greg, yo, shut your ass well, up, boy. You just, said, you just said that, but your microphone just like, like exploded. <laughs> your gate came off your microphone. So you've been oh, talking shit. outside of the gate. And like, so it's been muffled. But the second you moved in close, the gate uh, dropped fully. It just went. And it Damn, was hate to see bam. it. Loud. Hate to hear it. 
But Gre- um, we could also hear Greg. So yeah, there's a whole cacophony of things. But you're so right, Michael. Like yeah. the technology is also a factor where yeah. you have a little bit more consistency in, you know, how like the controllers are from generation to generation with Xbox or with PlayStation. But you really don't like Nintendo has some whack controllers. Like they've just been all over the place. Like and the the technology does change the amount of. I, I mean, you have to. They have. They must have had to do a lot to Skyward Sword in particular because they added no motion controls for a game that was yeah. exclusively designed with motion controls. So you know that's a little different too. But yeah, I, I don't think it's like it's not Xbox's fault that. Yep. I mean, that's just yeah. how it, how it is. Also, one final thought: um, Game Pass having its own like Game Pass achievements has basically ruined me because it's like you get achievements for just downloading games and then you get those points and then you can put the points towards like Xbox Live Gold and stuff. And I'm like, if I wasn't suckered before, they've suckered me again. Yeah. Anyway, if, you, if you're not doing your Game Pass dailies, then what are you even doing? Wow. Just, out, just putting that out there. Uh, but that's all we have time for on episode 82. I think it is 82. 82 of GameSpot After Dark. Uh, Michael, where can people find you and what are you working on? Oh, boy. All right. Uh, so you can find me and all of my bullshit on Twitter.com slash Michael P. Hyam. Or, or you can find me at Michael P. Hyam on Twitter. I have, uh, I don't know, sometimes I feel like tweeting, sometimes I don't. Um, sometimes I have wild Twitter th- threads of, uh, what I, some bullshit I used to do back in the day. And, uh, it's very fun to share those kinds of things. Also, I shut my ass up sometimes. So you never know what you're going to get with me. So that's, that's the reason why you should follow me. You never know what you're going to get. I might be quiet for a week, but boy, I will hit you on a Saturday night when I'm wild schmizzy or if I'm wild faded, like, yo, you're going to get some fire ass tweets. Like <laughs> pay attention between the hours of 1am and 3am. Facts. <laughs> going into a sunday yeah and you, you know your boys on some kind of sh- i'm on a I'm, I'm on levels uh so you can check that out also i share my work every i don't share everything i work on but you can peep you know i'm usually on like if we, i talk about yakuza final fantasy and persona all the fucking time so if you're into that shit and if you're not following me you're missing out uh but also i'm working on a few things uh i still got a few things in the in, in works to cover persona 5 strikers and also got some more final fantasy things on deck um, you also have an, uh, a wild interview, a very long interview with the localization director for Yakuza Like a Dragon. So that's also uh, coming up soon as well. Oh, I can't wait to read that. I'm so excited to read that. Let's get it. <laughs> Callie, what about you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at InkyDojiko, I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. And, um, you know, as usual, I'm working on a lot of, uh, you know, stuff that's not getting published, a lot of backend stuff. Uh I, you know, workflow processes, project management, super exciting. Um, so I'm not really posting a lot of a work on, on Twitter right now, but I, I do, I, I do indeed do things. Um, I'm gearing up, like I said, for Pokemon. So you might see stuff from me on Pokemon if they actually announce anything. And uh, the Animal Crossing update, which is going live on the 25th, which uh, has already happened for you if you're listening to this. Um and the Mario items, which are coming on March 1st in-game. So I'm going to be doing more Animal Crossing stuff for that, I guess. And finally, um, I have an Animal Crossing Instagram account that I've been posting You should, on. You should, you Wait. should chat about this because it's Wait. so good. <laughs> Wait? I, Callie, I, why haven't you 
shared this with me. I need to stand. <laughs> Let me go oh stand. God. Oh my God. Join me on Animal Crossing Instagram. It's a lovely place. It's the only way I can use Instagram now um, because my uh, actual Instagram account um, I, is unusable to me at this time. But um, it's inky.crossing. Um, you know, got that brand. Um, oh, you know. I see it. You pulled up immediately. I'm on it. I'm following. Heck yeah. Done. Thank <laughs> you. Um, but it's a lot of fun. And so I've just been posting like photos um, from my <gasps> island and stuff I on there. And I, uh, it, it's it's a great time. I am really, really enjoying it. So if you like Animal Crossing, like Zombie, and you want to see what I've been up to, um, it's a great community. <laughs> it's so sweet. And Zombie, where can people find you? What are you up to? You can find me everywhere. And I mean everywhere. And I'm going to push heavily my TikToks because now I'm Ooh. I'm becoming TikTok fluent. Yeah, I'm Ooh. doing them. Heck I'm doing yeah. them. I'm doing them. Uh, but uh, yeah, find me on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Twitch, and on YouTube at Zombie Kills. I'm the same everywhere. We have consistent branding in this house. That's what we believe in. Um, and tonight I'm doing a charity stream. I'll be playing for the on the Game Hers channel for the Thousand Dreams Fund. I'll be playing some Little Nightmares too. Uh, and then I'll be doing blind playthrough with Steve Saylor on Friday. Uh, oh, I'm really dang. excited about it. And I've been doing the D&D &D with the homies, all black D&D &D, every Saturday, 2 to 5 p.m. on Cypher of Tears Twitch channel. Uh, it's been really <gasps> shout great. Out to Tanya. Yeah, shout out to Tanya. It's been really great playing D&D. &D. Uh, I've never done it before. And it's all black. Uh, it's, it's something that we uh, got to do sponsored by Astros. And I'm honestly like, Okay, like, don't tell anybody, but like, I'm really freaking into D and D now. Like, you I'm can, really yo, into it. Talk about it, because I've been wanting. I'm to get so into, into D &D. it. I'm so into it, and now, like, I think I'm gonna start doing it more on my channel. Uh, like, I'm I've got this bug now, and it's bad. Like, I just have been having <laughs> so much fun. Uh, so yeah, if you like that kind of stuff, if you like that kind of content, follow me on all the things. Uh, sometimes you'll find me, you know, railing against everything wrong and then sometimes you'll find me being drunk and vibing like michael on main uh and having a good time <laughs> and sometimes i'll just be silly but yeah you should follow me and get the full version of who i am instead of the internet youtube version of who i am i can i can vouch for zombie <laughs> zombie is one of the one of the people i followed who've uh won I, I've, what I've learned from zombie from following you uh over the past uh ever since i uh, discovered you is I've learned a lot about being uh, comfortable with yourself, and I think that that is that has made me a lot happier during a like a tough time during pandemic. I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna be my be my. I'm I'm not scared to be myself, and I see that a lot when I as since I've been following you. So in that way, like I've learned. Okay, I'm gonna cry. One of the wow, many okay. one of the many things <laughs> I've learned from you is like, yo, fuck it, wild out. Yeah, just like, be yourself, man. Life is short. You could die literally five minutes from now. We have no choice but to like just be our most authentic selves and live, right? Big facts. Hell yes. Well, thank you again for joining us. Um, and thank you all for listening. I'm on Twitter, at least James Games. Uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, head over to Ga uh, GameSpot's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash GameSpot, for a new episode of Console Crew. It's basically Generation Next, but we talk about Nintendo now. So <laughs> if you enjoy that. Please, oh, what you pointing at? 
I almost forgot. We just dropped uh, a Yakuza Like a Dragon spoiler cast. Me, Ben Janka, Jean-Luc Saipi, and an illustrious guest by the name of Max Scoville is on that thing. And we we wild out about Yakuza Like a Dragon, all the spoilers on deck. So if you have played that game, ooh, definitely peep out. That's a bonus episode of GameSpot After Dark. And the Crime Boys get wild up in there. So, you know, peep that shit. Hell yeah. So if you're subscribed uh, to the podcast feed, you will get that. Listen to I haven't listened to it yet because I've finished the game, but I'm very mm-hmm. excited to check out what the crime boys have to say because I have never <laughs> met such a passionate group of people about a game as the crime boys. So make sure you give oh. that a listen if you finished Yakuza Like a Dragon. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.